0: This is an E-Impulse Hotbeat with your hosts, Sarah Medeiros and Julia Magagna.
1: Welcome back to E-Impulse. Summer is in full swing in Northern California, and we are officially baking. I don't know about your ID, but 113-degree weather does not bring out the best in some of our patients. Honestly, I'm not sure it brings out the best in me, <laughs> whatever the trigger, we have seen an uptick in violence in the U.S., and we are feeling that in the ED as well. So today starts part one of a two-part series on workplace violence. Julia talks with Brian Strobin, a nurse manager, a charge nurse in the UC Davis Emergency Department, and assistant nurse manager who leads the charge on our department's efforts to create a safe place to work. Brian,
0: describe to us how workplace violence has impacted you as a clinician.
2: It's been an evolution for sure over the course of my nursing career. Uh, I came to UC Davis to seek out you know, trauma care, medical care. Um, I really sought after UC Davis because it was a leading institution in Northern California healthcare system. And so I came here to really utilize my skills, hone my skills in the emergency room setting. Um, I was attracted to that. Um, you know, it's, It was a stressful environment, but that stress Uh, really propelled me to become better and helped motivate me to provide great patient care. Um, So I was really into it. And uh, the first couple of years, you're into learning, you're taking in so much. Um, You notice there's certain things that go along with emergency room care, certain stressors, certain folks that come in in crisis or behavior or health emergencies, and you just start to think that some of the, the workplace violence that you were seeing was just part of the job and that you couldn't really have any control over it. So after our first couple of years, I kind of noticed it got more and more. And I was kind of feeling I didn't have much control over that. And it was just part of the job. And it led to a little bit of frustration on my end, uh, not being able to control some of the aspects of care um, so over time, I've kind of developed a way to deal with it, nothing formally, but just over time, I kind of uh, developed a way to kind of deal with it and, and really realize that I can only control myself when I'm in those environments. So um, what I didn't understand at the time was I was bringing de-escalation skills to that situation. So oftentimes I would show up um, where there was some workplace violence and bring this kind of calm attitude and then have a successful outcome to it. Um, So it kind of evolved from feeling like I didn't have any control to I did have some control over the situation. And it made it a little bit more rewarding um, to be able to um, have good um, outcomes in those situations. Um, So that was kind of my evolution and what ultimately led to me being involved in workplace violence. But there was a time when it was somewhat distressing, when you don't feel like you have control, you don't have the skill set and you don't have the right tools to really affect those situations.
0: Brian, let's go back to kind of the basic building blocks here. When you're teaching and uh, preparing your team to talk about workplace violence, how do you define that? What is ED-associated workplace violence?
2: When we're talking about the emergency room, there's four levels of workplace violence that you, you can kind of recognize that Cal OSHA kind of categorizes and The first one is kind of criminal intent. So someone's on your your campus or your property, they don't have any relationship with you, but they're there for some sort of criminal intent. The second kind of workplace violence is patient or client relationship. And that's mostly what we see, where we have a, a relationship, we're providing a service to a patient or a client. And that's the vast majority of what we see in the emergency room. And what we see in the emergency room is folks that are coming in with behavioral health emergencies, folks that are in crisis. We know that there's risk factors with dealing with the public, that crowded environments, and long waiting times. We know that that increased our risk for workplace violence. So we help staff kind of define what that is in the emergency room. So verbal abuse is workplace violence, being called names, personal attacks. We let them know that's not part of your job. So that is workplace violence attempted physical assaults, throwing something at you that missed or trying to reach out to you and scratch you, that is workplace violence and not a part of your job. And obviously physical assaults uh, are are workplace violence. Um, So oftentimes we define what it is, we let them know that it's not part of the job and we let them know the risk factors. Folks coming in with behavioral health emergencies, folks that are going through crisis, visitors going through crisis, we know that that is kind of a high-risk situation. Um, Crowded waiting rooms, uh, long wait times, we we know that those are risk factors for workplace violence. So, we've kind of educate to that, let folks know what it is um, and what's not part of the job.
0: Brian, you've been an ED nurse for the last 21 years. How has workplace violence evolved over time? What kind of trends have you seen? When I first started,
2: workplace violence, um, folks that were going through crisis, behavior health emergencies, they were definitely there and part of the care that we provided, but Back in those days, it was very episodic, the care that we would have to provide. We had Sacramento County Mental Health Facility that had a crisis unit, which was a wonderful resource back in those days where folks could self present if they were going through crisis or if um, PD um, came across someone that needed help, they could take them there. Um, So we did have uh, our folks in the department, we did care for folks, and we had workplace violence. What I've noticed is over time, the workload has become larger. There's been a number of incidences that seems to have increased. I think because we're such a forward-facing department, uh, as far as the public, we're open to the public, that any changes that we see in healthcare or access to health care, we feel the most in the emergency room. Any changes in the community level to access health care, we see that in the emergency room. Any changes or any stressors in society, we see that first in the emergency room because we're a public-facing department with uh, the duty to care for anyone that comes in. And so over time, I've noticed those changes really impact the emergency room and the level of workplace violence, not being able to access mental health facilities without going through the emergency room, or a decrease in the ability for folks to seek treatment uh, out in our community, or a change in... The level of stress out there, specifically, probably, you know, over the last year, we've had a lot of stressors out in our communities with the pandemics and other things. And that really has changed and impacted the emergency room since we primarily serve the public and we are open and have a duty to care. So I've seen those changes over the years, which has increased our workload and increased our potential for workplace violence.
0: What types of workplace violence have we encountered at UC Davis?
2: Most of what we see is that type 2 client-patient-type relationship, workplace violence. Um, we have had physical assaults. Um, we have had security officers that wound up with um, extremity injuries that needed uh, operations. Um, in my case, wound up with a back injury. We've had folks with scratches, folks that been hit uh, in the chest, hit in the face. So we've had all kinds of physical assaults. We have a lot of verbal abuse, uh, name-calling, personal attacks, um, derogatory statements. Um, So we kind of see the full gamut of it in the emergency room from physical, attempted physical to verbal.
0: What steps have we taken at UC Davis to improve workplace safety?
2: So there are a number of steps at UC Davis that we've taken and a number in the emergency room. And um, we've really accelerated those efforts over the last couple of years. We have a director in the emergency room and upper management that's really focused on providing a safe environment. We've taken a lot of important steps. The first step uh, is about a year and a half ago, we formed a ED safety shared governance committee. It's a multidisciplinary committee. I'm actually the chair of that committee. It incorporates our colleagues and our partners from UC Davis Workplace Violence uh, Department, which is hospital-wide. It incorporates the police department, PSO. Um, It incorporates inpatient committees like the Violence Mitigation Task Force, uh, patient care services. So it's a multidisciplinary committee that we meet once a month, and we uh, talk about the important issues and the important steps that we're taking. Uh, we've taken a lot of environmental or engineering-type uh, controls. Um, we have limited card access uh, to the department to keep us safe, to know who's coming in and out of the department, to limit the access of who can come in and out. We've implemented a visitor management system where we identify who the visitors are. We actually use photo ID put It in a system, create a name tag so we actually know who the visitors are in our institution in our emergency room. We've done weapon screening now in the emergency room in the front entrance where the PSO, our security officer, screen for weapons. And we just implemented it last month a screening process and workflow to also screen EMS patients that come in for weapons and dangerous items. And then we have a third component that'll roll out, and it is actually a TSA style. Uh, X-ray machine to X-ray baggages and, and belongings, much like the TSA does to look for dangerous items and weapons. So that'll be rolled out, uh, hopefully in the near future. So we've taken those steps. PSO, our security officers, have expanded their role. They used to be just kind of a report and observe type position, and now they're more active in our department. With uh, they help with de-escalation. Um, They'll help uh, with some difficult patients. They'll help with holding skills. They round in the department. Our numbers have increased. We have a police officer that is um, part of our department and assigned to our department daily. Their office is within the emergency room, and they get to know the day-to-day and the the folks that are here and some of the folks that may potentially uh, exhibit workplace violence. Um, We've also done training in the ER level every year where we go through a quarter, two skills day, where we do two hours of training. It has to do a lot with situation awareness, de-escalation techniques, um, team approach when you're dealing with folks in crisis to keep yourself safe. You never wanna be dealing with this alone. We review holding skills. We review um, critical communication, team steps communication in that uh, team approach and in that environment. We go over safe application and restraints. Um, we go over debriefing after an event to check in on everyone to learn. Um, so we go through a lot of uh, training yearly for all our uh, staff in the emergency room. We do onboarding training for new staff to come in. Um, we offer them the same training as well. We have uh, yearly Um, workplace violence safety rounds in the department where um, we take a look at the department and we uh, come together with a workplace violence safety plan. We do that yearly with our colleagues at workplace violence uh, hospital-wide. And so we have a number of steps that we've taken in the last uh, couple years um, to keep our folks safe.
0: Brian, what is your best tip out of all of those work safety components. What's your best tip for somebody on a personal level and then your best tip for a systematic level, like a systems-based suggestion?
2: Yeah. So on a personal level, I would say um, view yourself as an active participant when it comes to workplace violence. When we take care of patients, um, whether it's trauma or medical, we always uh, view ourselves as an active participant. We're part of the team. We have a role in it. We're going to actively participate. We're going to take care of this person as a team. Oftentimes what I find is people sometimes take a passive approach to it, that it's the police's responsibility or the hospital in general or the security's responsibility to keep me safe. And they do provide some great systems like I just talked about. They do provide quite a bit. But I really tell people take an active position uh, when it comes to, to personal safety or utilize your situational awareness, right? Um, do you recognize when things might be dangerous or do you recognize changes or when a crisis may be developing? take an active approach to it. Are you actively de-escalating? You know, all those things. Don't just be viewed as some sort of passive response, but that you have an active role in it and that you can kind of help um, mitigate some of this and and you have the power to help kind of keep yourself safe and your patients safe. Uh, So that would be my personal kind of tip. Just take that active role in it. And then system-wise, I think the biggest thing is that we recognize that there is workplace violence and that we recognize it's not part of the job and then that we recognize that there are lots of steps that we can take and like those things I just kind of outlined, the hospital has taken and we really move forward on it. So just recognizing that it does exist and that it's not part of the workload, it's not the normal part of what we should be doing. And is taking those steps multidisciplinary across the, the hospital and across the healthcare system.
1: Well, that was super practical. A big thanks to Brian for being with us. In part two, you will hear Brian's personal story and talk to two more experts on what we can do. In the next couple of weeks, start looking around. Ask yourself how does violence or the threat of violence impact me at work? And let us know at Impulse Podcast. And don't miss our next episode. I don't feel safe. See you next time.